I can hear the sound of her crunching up the path, heavy-footed in high heels. She's almost at the door, hesitating and smoothing her hair out of her face. Nice outfit, jacket with big buttons, decent dress underneath, and glasses perched on her head. Not a Jehovah's Witness or from the Labour Party. Must be a reporter. But not the usual. She's my second one today, fourth this week, and it's only Wednesday. I bet she says, I'm sorry to bother you at such a difficult time. They all say that and put on that stupid face, like they care. I'm going to wait to see if she rings twice. The man this morning didn't. Some are obviously bored to death with trying. They leave as soon as they take their finger off the bell, marching back down the path as fast as they can, into their cars and away. They can tell their bosses they knocked on the door, but I wasn't there. Pathetic. She rings twice, then knocks loudly in that rap-rap-rappity-rap way like a policeman. She sees me looking through the gap at the side of my sheer curtains and smiles this big smile. A Hollywood smile, my mum used to say. Then she knocks again. When I open the door, she hands me the bottle of milk from the doorstep and says, You don't want to leave that out. It'll spoil. Shall I come in? Have you got the kettle on? I can't breathe, let alone speak. She smiles again, head on one side. I'm Kate, she says. Kate Waters, a reporter from the Daily Post. I'm, I start, suddenly realising she hasn't asked. I know who you are, Mrs Taylor, she says. Unspoken are the words, you are the story. Let's not stand out here, she says. And as she talks, somehow she's come in. I feel too stunned by the turn of events to speak and she takes my silence as permission to go into the kitchen with a bottle of milk and make me a cup of tea. I follow her in. It's not a big kitchen, and we're in a bit of a squeeze as she bustles about, filling the kettle and opening all my cupboards, looking for cups and sugar. I just stand there, letting it all happen. She's chatting about the kitchen. What a lovely, fresh-looking room. I wish mine looked like this. Did you put a new kitchen in? It feels like I'm talking to a friend. It isn't how I thought it would be, talking to a reporter. I thought it would be like being questioned by the police. Thought it would be an ordeal, an interrogation. That's what my husband, Glenn, said. But it isn't somehow. I say, yes, we chose white doors and red handles because it looked so clean. I'm standing in my house discussing kitchens with a reporter. Glenn would have had a fit. She says, through here, is it? And I open the door to the living room. I'm not sure if I want her here or not. Not sure how I feel. It doesn't feel right to protest now. She's just sitting and chatting with a cup of tea in her hand. It's funny. I'm quite enjoying the attention. I get a bit lonely inside this house now that Glenn is gone and she seems to be in charge of things. It's quite nice, really, to have someone in charge of me again. I was beginning to panic that I'd have to cope with everything on my own. But Kate Waters is saying she'll sort everything out. All I have to do is tell her about my life, she says.
my life. She doesn't really want to know about me. She hasn't walked up my path to hear about Jean Taylor. She wants to know the truth about him. About Glenn, my husband. You see, my husband died last week. Knocked down by a bus just outside Sainsbury's. He was there one minute, giving me grief about what sort of cereal I should have bought. And the next, dead on the road. Head injuries, they said. Dead anyway. I just stood there and looked at him. Lying there. People were running around, finding blankets. And there was a bit of blood on the pavement. Not much blood, though. He would have been glad. He didn't like any sort of mess. Everyone was very kind and trying to stop me from seeing his body. But I couldn't tell them I was glad he was gone. No more of his nonsense.